This podcast contains material of an adult nature. It's not safe for work or appropriate for children under the age of 18. If you're offended by mature content, please stop listening now. The stories included in this podcast are not checked for factual content and are for entertainment purposes only. It's secondhand story time. Hello, and welcome to episode number 97 of Secondhand Storytime, the show where we tell stories we heard from someone else. I'm Will Kistler, and I'm your host, and I'm happy to be joined this week by my buddy Sandin, which means Sandin has a story about a famous person who does something surprising. So here he is with the story of not breaking, just entering. Please enjoy. All right, I'm, uh, I'm here with Sandin, uh, first-time guest of the show, and Welcome. It's I'm happy to have you on. Great to be here after all those years of listening to the to the show. Excellent. We've uh, we actually met as mutual fans of each other's podcasts. Right, right, right. I remember I remember I was on a road trip the first time I listened to yours. I had gone on this massive road trip from LA up to Minnesota and I had stored it up with all these podcasts people had recommended and at one point I think in Iowa I listened to my first secondhand story time and I was like, This is really good and funny. Well, Such a simple idea. Thank you, and I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I'm glad you're here to uh, share a story of your own. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so you know the drill as a listener. We're doing a story that you've heard from someone else, but you didn't witness yourself. Right. And whenever you're ready, go ahead and jump on in. Okay, so uh, probably as everyone disclaims, the details are kind of fuzzy here, but um, right. this <laughs> is... Strict details are not the point. <laughs> this is a story I've always sort of cherished because uh, it, it sort of spoke to a bigger, I don't know, a bigger sort of literary theme of this author who is Allen Ginsberg. The story revolves around Allen Ginsberg. And I've always been a big fan about, of Allen Ginsberg. I was assumed I'd meet him at some point in my life, but then he died when I was like in my 20s, early 20s or something. So that never happened. But I get all these stories from other people about him. And this one's my favorite by far. Someone was telling me that when she was in college, I think sometime in the you know, mid-90s, he mm-hmm. was their guest speaker at the college. And she went to school at some tiny school, like you know, rural Ohio or something like that. So it was a really big deal that Allen Ginsberg was going to come in and give this speech. Okay, so we're probably talking like a few thousand students. Yeah, liberal arts college. Very small. Yeah, very okay. small. Probably like, you know, a place where kale and quinoa were commonly eaten. Yeah. Um, Which in Ohio, not that common. No, totally. So, yeah, I think that paints the picture. Right, right. The other big speaker there might have been like Ani DeFranco maybe or something like that. Okay, you know? yeah. So anyway, we're at this tiny school and they're really excited. Allen Ginsberg's coming. My friend, she's like in charge of like the poetry class. Maybe like they had like a poetry slam league or something. I can't remember. She's uh, the one who helped bring the money to get the money to bring Allen Ginsberg. And part of it was, you know, they have to pick him up from the airport, this tiny little town or whatever. You know, they drive into the big city. They go to, I think it was Cleveland and they pick up Allen Ginsberg and she's super excited. Like, oh, America's, you know most supreme beat poet is in my car right now. Mm-hmm. She drives him, you know, and he's sort of cranky and whatever. It's, you know, <laughs> he's, he's just got off this flight. Drives him to school. He goes, you know, drops some knowledge bombs, blows everyone's minds. It's super cool. But the entire time, you know, it's sort of like she's sort of in awe. It's Allen Ginsberg and she's Right, a little out. starstruck. Yeah. Um, and he's not, not saying a lot, not giving a lot of clues as to what's going on, you know. And I'm sure she is in her mind picturing, oh, we'd have all these great spiritual conversations and Allen Ginsberg and I would talk about the universe and, you know, the meters of rhythm and all this stuff. And he'd give me some great Kerouac stories and none of that's really going on. So she's feeling a little awkward and eventually, you know, when this is all ending, she's got to drive him back to the airport. You know, he, they take him out to dinner and everything. Okay. But there's no big bond between no them the way bond. she was hoping. Yeah. Okay. And so she's kind of nervous at this point. Uh, and, and, you know, the awkwardness is like sort of just growing and growing between them. 
And because of this, she sort of forgot to check how to get back to the airport. Like, it's not something she was doing very often. So she's driving him, and he's sort of been silent in the back the whole time. And she can't remember how to get back to the airport. And it's sort of like, you know, imperative he gets there in time for his flight. Right. And of course, mid-90s, this is well before any sort of, you know, look up on your phone. Right. No one had phones with them. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you can't, like, you can't even call someone th- at that you, point. You could maybe, I don't even think beepers you could, like, beep out, like, <laughs> SOS. <laughs> Help me. Um, yeah, I mean, there might have been, like, gas stations and maps, but if you're talking rural Ohio, a lot of times you're just, like, in sprawl, you know, and if you get off, you're yeah. just in some, you know, cul-de-sac neighborhood of, like, tract homes. There's a lot of suburbs that look like all the other suburbs right. around there, yeah. Right, So she's driving with him, try, you know, trying to find this airport, and she's kind of lost, and he starts sort of piping up and talking. He's like, oh, you know, I really got to go to the bathroom. And she's mm-hmm. like, uh, okay, well, let me find a gas station. We can get directions. And she's trying, and she keeps getting off these exits where it's just, you know, like Green Terrace Avenue, and it's just a bunch of homes. And yeah. they go to another one, and it's just like, you know, Parkview Street or whatever. <laughs> and he's getting, you know, obviously a little agitated. And um, so eventually he starts saying, like, where are we, near Cleveland? And she's like, yeah, I, th- I think so, over near the airport. And he's like, all right, all right, uh, go to the next exit. And she's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I know where we're going. Just, just trust me. Go to the next exit. And then, uh, so she, she drives the next exit, he pull, pulls off, you know, it's another street. It's like, you know, uh, you know, Lake Place or something, you know. And uh, so he's like, all right, all right, go down, go down two blocks here. And so they drive down two blocks and, you know, they're passing home after home. They all look the same. They have like swing sets and mailboxes. Mm-hmm. and A lot of beige. Right, right. It's getting kind of late. So a lot of them are dark or, you know, it's like there's a little uh, light that goes on when like somebody walks by the house. But, um, and then he says, all right, pull over right here, right here. Stop at this one. The, the, the yellow one or whatever. And so they pull up to the yellow one and Allen Ginsberg gets out and he goes, all right, this is cool. And I, I, I know what I'm doing. He just walks in and, you know, knocks on the door and walks right in. And she's like, oh, well, he must have known some people out here. I mean, he's Allen Ginsberg, famous mm-hmm. poet, been around the world, probably, you know, has friends in, in, in you know, rural Cleveland. Yeah. Sure. Or suburban Cleveland. So he goes in and he goes to the bathroom and he comes back out like, you know, five minutes later. His hands are still wet from drying. He's all walks in the car. He's like, all right, now let's find the airport. <laughs> She's like, wow, that's so cool. You know, people all around. He's like, no people. He's like, no, no, no. I just knew they wouldn't lock their doors in like <laughs> suburban Ohio. And she's like, I just, he's like, I just went in and took a crap. Like, <laughs> and uh, it kind of like, you know, it blew her mind. Like it blew my mind when I heard this story too, because mm-hmm. I loved the idea that this family is going to come home, you know, after, you know, being at the Cheesecake Factory that evening. <laughs> And the dad's going to be like, oh, man, yeah, that, like, like, you know, chili cheeseburger slammer platter is going right through me. He's going to go sit on his bathroom toilet, you know, and the, it's going to be, like, slightly warm. And he's going to be <laughs> kind of curious about it. Maybe he won't think too much about it, but, like, that, like, this world-famous poet's butt was just there a few hours before, like, just minutes maybe even. And, and that warmth, that residual warmth is, like, this, like, you know, famous writer in American history. I mean, there's even a lingering smell of, like, you know the number two of America's prime beat poet in the bathroom. And I love the idea also that, uh, like, I also grew up in a time where no no locks on the doors. I remember when we didn't even have the option to lock doors in my early childhood. And uh, if someone came in and just used the bathroom and left, that's the most respectful thing someone would come (laughs) in, a stranger would come into a house and do. Yeah. So you know what? I can't fault him that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I like about it, too, is it's so anonymous. It's like any one of us could have had Allen Ginsberg just stop it. Like, maybe he does this a lot. We don't know. Like, maybe while he was alive, Allen Ginsberg was constantly just walking into random people's houses and using the bathroom. And it's like you're just visited by the ghost of Ginsburg, you know, who, like, peed, you know, or maybe he got some water. And, like, you come in one day and you're like, I don't remember leaving a glass out. And you're like, maybe it was Allen Ginsberg. <laughs> maybe he was here and he liked that. He drank mm-hmm. that water. We all could have been visited by Allen Ginsberg. It sort of, it warms my heart, you know? Yeah. 
maybe Allen Ginsberg stole my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> what would be really fun is if he had a 50 state checklist. It's like, okay, I found an unlocked door in Ohio. Now I can move on to Tennessee and Illinois. Right. And he's uh, just doing it. And we, the thing is, I've actually never read all of his poems. He might have had a, there might be a poem all about this, the 50 state checklist. Who knows? You know, mm. I mean, he's, dude's written a lot of stuff. I'm actually only familiar with Hal. I think that's probably the most famous <laughs> and thing. And see, that, that's like 17 pages long, so there could even be a part in there where he talks about <laughs> it. I wouldn't know, you know? Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of the Bill Murray stories where Bill Murray will do something to someone and then he'll be like, no one will believe you. And then he leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where he shows up and does someone's dishes or like... Yeah. Or like... Watches Groundhog's Day with them. It just like does something weird to you on the street. He's like, I'm Bill Murray. Good <laughs> luck trying to convince people this is That must be the happening. part of being a celebrity is you can mess with people's minds like yeah. that where you know you're just like going to be able to have this like power over them where they're going to want to tell the story and they can't or you can just show up and like make anybody's birthday party memorable yeah i imagine if i came home and someone was in my house i would be upset but if they're like hey i'm alan ginsburg i would be less upset yeah no way cool you like need a drink or something or (laughs) want to hang out yeah yeah yeah. as opposed to just someone regular using my bathroom i'd be annoyed and kick them out yeah i'll probably call the police yeah Yeah. with alan ginsburg it's like well can i take a picture of you (laughs) Totally. Can we prove this? Yeah. And he would say no. No. Well, you well, know, he did use your toilet. There's DNA proof. If he's trying to keep the mystique <laughs> alive, he would say no. Yeah. If he was being nice about it, he'd say yes. So I don't want to put words in his mouth. Yeah. But that's a great story. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing that. No problem. And that does it for this week's episode. Huge thanks go to Sandin for coming on and sharing that story. If you liked this episode, leave a comment on the blog at secondhandstorytime.com. While you're there, you can listen to all of the old episodes, as well as subscribe, either through RSS or through iTunes. And find links to the Musician Gummery and the License, which is the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 Unported License. To like Secondhand Storytime on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash secondhandstorytime, and receive updates on Twitter, follow at secondhandstory. If you have longer feedback or just want to get in touch more privately, you can write to Will at secondhandstorytime.com. If you have a story you'd like to tell, I'd love to hear it. Perhaps, like today's story, you have a tale of someone who is driven to somewhat desperate measures by the call of nature. The other way you can help is to tell people about the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. That does it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll have another episode soon.